Welcome to Leitrim Daily. It is, of course, Thursday morning, which means we are looking at current affairs across the county. And I'm delighted to be joined by two more of our councillors uh, from the Leitrim County Council. I'm joined by Councillor Paddy O'Rourke from Carrie and also from Councillor Brendan Barry from Drumshambo. Welcome to the programme. Thanks, Brefley. Good morning, Brefley. Good it's morning, great to have you. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's a morning as we're recording this. We're recording this a day early, of course. Um, we will talk a little bit about the 25th anniversary of Leitrim GA later in the programme, briefly, at the end of the, of the show. But we're going to start off with something that's a little bit closer to your own heart, Paddy. That is the situation that's on the front page of the Leitrim Observer today, and it's that housing estates condemned to darkness. Tell us a bit more about this. Absolutely. Well, this housing estate, Clunarling, was developed in the very early 2000s and has been occupied since 2005. So you can imagine the anger and frustration of people who purchased a home back in 2005 and who in 2019 still does not have a satisfactory conclusion to the issues that surround that estate, including the main surface on the roadway and the lighting. Now, earlier this year, we were fortunate to have attracted funding for a very extensive footpath joining the town to the GA centre out at Callows. And while those works were ongoing, it became apparent that drainage at the estate was impacting on the area where the footpath was going to be established. So the council cooperated insofar as they did some of the very necessary drainage works at the estate in order to alleviate the problem that was impacting on the construction of the footpath. And I suppose there was an expectation that that was going to lead to further works. Unfortunately, now, what I was told at the meeting on Monday last by the, the officers from, from, from uh, enforcement section of Leeds County Council, that is Martin Donnelly, they are only at a stage now where they are preparing a set of documents to have contractors tender for the works that are necessary at Clunalian. And that is going to take some time. The reason for all of these delays is the bondholders played cat and mouse, so to speak, with Leeds County Council and its enforcement section for a number of years until they finally agreed last Christmas a deal where they would hand over the monies from the bond. The bond was in place from way back in 2003 or four when the first development took place. And they eventually agreed that they would they would do a deal and let Leitrim County Council deal with the issues from here on with the benefit of this funding. Now, there is concern that the bond may not stretch far enough to cover all of the works. So Leitrim County Council possibly may have to fund some of these works because the bond, obviously, prices have increased, labour costs, materials costs, etc. But it's also important to say that there are no big fundamental issues here like you know major issues with underground services or the likes of that what's a, a debate here is the final surface on the roadways and the lighting the drainage that, that, that threatened the estate has largely been taken care of because of what i referred to earlier and i i was absolutely dumbfounded the other day when Martin Donnelly of Leeds County Council Enforcement told me that there was no way that they could deal with these issues on a partial basis, that is, provide lighting for the winter. Because my hope had been putting down the motion and having been in regular consultation with the people who live there, was that we would at least have the lighting in place for this winter and then 
through the spring these contractors will come on site and deal with any outstanding issues with sewage drainage and the overlay on the final surface of the road if it's 15 years old the estate there's mm. obviously kids living in that estate oh absolutely now. and might i add that leitrim county council has in recent times purchased a number of houses in the estate there are exceptionally good homes easy heated homes anybody would love to have them but the reality is that the people's lives are being compromised by the condition of the roadway there's a business in there applying employing a goodly number of people as in the provision of childcare. there's a lot of traffic in and out there and in the winter months people are entering and exiting a dark estate we have to keep pressure on Leitrim County Council to make sure that this is offered to contractors to tender for this at the earliest possible point and move on with the necessary works. And when can we expect that to happen? Well, Leitrim County Council's enforcement department gave me an understanding the other day that this is a priority among a number of projects that are being dealt with in the capital projects office in Leeton County Council at the moment and I have since been in touch with that office in order to emphasize to them the necessity to get this moving. My desire would be to see some contractor on site before the end of the year. Unfortunately the officers of Leeton County Council were not in a position to guarantee that to me on Monday last. Has this been an issue in your area Brennan? It is it's an issue right across the county so mid last year these housing estates were actually on the list for taking in charge and councillors like myself and Paddy assumed that this was going to happen very soon now eventually after many years looking to get these estates finished. A number of those housing estates was then taken off the list because the council needs to, or they say they have to have a contractor ready in place for to go in and do the works as soon as they take it in charge to make sure that there isn't any liability or issues there where people get injured. I suppose they want to cover themselves to make sure to have the issues resolved and fixed and repaired as soon as possible when they're taken in charge in case something would happen. So the uh, Bailnalek in Cashcarrigan, which was actually what the first estate that was built in Cashcarrigan village during the period we'd call the boom. Cash Lawns is actually going to be taken in charge now in, in Cashcarrigan before it, which was a number of years afterwards, just because it's further on and the, the, the works that's needed to be done is less serious or risky. So it's actually going to be taken in charge now shortly, and Ben Aleka has been put off, the same as Clunall in, in Carrigallan. So I suppose there's a lot of work goes into doing up a pricing and quotations for the works and then to put them out to tender and the length of time that has to be given for the tenders to be available to different companies to apply for the jobs and that. So that's it's all delay in the process. People is hugely frustrated in these estates. I think it is seven years had to pass before the bond could be called down on these estates in a case where the council was looking to take the estate in charge rather than what should have been happening where the developer would have finished out the works if everything had to go to plan and they would have requested in the council to take it in charge. That would have been a lot more straightforward process. These developers went, most of them went to the wall or at least went very close to going to the wall in the late noughties. Is there any comeback on these developers, maybe those that are now back up and maybe getting back into the industry again? Not that I know of, I suppose if they are able to get back up and go under in a different company, and I suppose there were limited companies which have gone to the wall now, 
Uh, one was signed up for the individual estate for the possibility of this happening. Of course, at the time, no one envisaged that there would have been needed. Everything was going dandy, and people thought, assumed when they bought the house, the estate was going to be finished and everything was going to be done to the standard. But we all know now that's not what happened. Speaking of crashes and f- prices for things, Paddy, you want to talk to us a bit about the slump in livestock prices? Absolutely. And what it, it, the threat that it, it offers to this part of the country, there has been a huge slide in the price of finished cattle and sheep. And the knock-on effect is this, that in two months' time, or approximately six weeks to two months' time, perhaps even earlier in, in the case of, of hill lambs, Heavy disposals are going to take place in this part of the country where animals are offered for sale traditionally at the end of the grazing season here. And there is a huge question mark as to whether there will be sufficient buyers to buy these animals as they have done in the past. Because if you take in the beef sector, the people who wintered cattle, fattened them in sheds, lost money. They went back and they bought cattle for the grass and they're losing money hand over fist at the moment because of the decline in beef prices. Now, there's a serious question as to how many of those people are going to sign up to come here to the northwest and buy the cattle that will be offered in very large numbers because this is traditionally a suckling area where young stock are produced and they're offered for sale primarily between September and November. In the case of the lambs, they're up and running now, the sales of, of, of store lambs. And while there has been, you know, a sort of contradictory support or demand for lamb small young lambs at the moment store lambs at the moment should i say but that won't last forever because the people who are going to the factories to the processing houses would finish lambs are losing money head hand over fist and it's very questionable as to whether they will be able to sustain the purchase of these animals coming off the mountain and 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 surrounding lands here I think we're faced with a major, major crisis here. I cannot see that people who have lost money over the winter and again over the summer grazing period, that they are going to be there in the numbers required to buy these. And if they're not, what are we looking at then? We're looking at a major decline where you could be talking about maybe weanings being offered for sale at, say, 150 less than they were making last year. And no farm families can sustain that kind of a hit. What is the impact for a small farmer in Newton? Well, I suppose the financial impact is, is the first major one. I was talking to someone in MABS quite recently and I was just asking them what kind of issues are you dealing with and what they're telling me is that the majority of the issues that they're dealing now is actually with farmers that don't have the income or cash to survive from week to week. So that's very frightening and worrying. I suppose morale is very much damaged as well as one thing after another. So when we had Sterling Strong, we had cattle being bought and exported to the north of Ireland and to England. The factories, many of them owned by the same people that owns the factories here, was imposing penalties on those people for killing cattle, so Irish-born, but finished and slaughtered in the UK. So then when Sterling weakened as a result of Brexit, we had a lot less buyers around the rings, and that was seen. Now we have the talks 
I suppose prices was poorer last back in than previous years. Morale was damaged again. Every farmer you met was talking about how bad cattle and all the work and time and effort that goes into producing these top quality animals here in this part of the country and to not get rewarded or to get a fair price for them is very damaging to morale. So farmers now with the talk of Mercursor beef and beef coming in from the South American countries that isn't produced to the same standards that we're required to produce beef, which is costly and time-consuming and takes an awful lot of work. It seems very unfair. So it's just one thing after another building up, and I suppose like we need to see farmers getting a proper return for the work that they're putting into it. I'm dumbfounded when I hear people talking about the Brexit issue. And, you know, you hear various politicians from both sides of the IUC saying that they're working hard to see that farm families won't suffer as a result of Brexit. Brexit has essentially already had a major impact on farm families. From the midnight of the night of the, the exit polls indicated the way Brexit was going, sterling fell and the very next day coats for cattle and sheep fell and producers started taking the hit that day and have been taking it ever since. Now you might be shocked to hear this figure that I'm going to give you. In June of 2013 a particular category of animal going to the factory take a a maiden heifer going to the factory in a particular age group and meeting particular grades was capable of bringing home 5 euro a kilo. So if you had an animal 300 kilos dead weight you were automatically getting 1500 that same animal today the quoted price is 360 a kilo a deficit of 140 a kilo so do the maths and 28 percent cut you, you see the kind of a hit that farmers have been taking now that's since 2013 and look at the way costs have gone look at the way we hear a huge debate about the cost of insurance and we hear a huge debate about the cost of fuel on farms everything has skyrocketed since 2013 and this was further moved on by Brexit in 2016. And the processing houses used this as an excuse. Sterling has weakened. And every time sterling weakens, the price of animals going to the slaughterhouses drops because they're not going to absorb any of that loss. They're simply going to pass that loss. Whatever loss is incurred as a result of weaker sterling is going to be passed back to the primary producers. In terms of the options that are there for Leitrim farmers at the moment, medium to long term? Like, is livestock still an option for them going forward? Seriously, on that question at the moment? I suppose it's, it's, we, we have very few options, I suppose, in Leitrim based on soil type and that. And suckler and sheep has been the traditional farming in County Leitrim. I suppose that's what people is geared up and the sheds built and that's the system that we're designed for. For to try and change to other things, it would, would take serious money for farmers that don't have money. Um, I suppose it's a touchy subject, I'm not sure if you wanted to get into it, but I suppose the issue of forestry here in County Leitrim would be something that I'd see myself as a last resort. Um, this farm where, where I'm farming here now in Leitrim was farmed by my father, my grandfather, my grandmother and her sister farmed this and uh, it was always looked after and I suppose they were able to survive here and I'd hope that we'd be able to do the same but we have a lot of very strong forces working against us that's able to cream take the cream off the top for themselves farmers is left in a position where we're price takers 
we're not price getters. So I suppose we need some way to give the farmers more power to be able to demand and get the price that we deserve rather than simply offloading stock and getting whatever we can for them. I'm sure you're aware there are five livestock marts in this county. And look at all the advertisements we have here in local papers for our ag shows, which are going to take place over the next, you know, places like Clune, Mohill, Ballinamore, wherever. And the impact that that has of agriculture in each and every community, the amount of people that are employed in those livestock sales, the amount of people who travel to and from and engage with the local community and leave a commercial footprint when coming or going, apart from what they might actually purchase on a sales day or whatever. So, you know, this has to be taken seriously. And we are at a juncture now where many young people, and I was alarmed to hear Brendan share with us his experience of talking to somebody in MABS. But I can well imagine how there are many families who, if you went to the livestock, if we went to sell stock and you were expecting to take we say three and a half, four thousand euro, and instead you came home with two thousand eight hundred. You automatically have a deficit of twelve hundred that has to be made up. And I know that there are many families who have youngsters going back to college, going back to secondary schools or any schools for that matter, and there's demands on money. And if you're coming back from the marketplace with, as you calculated yourself earlier, twenty eight percent less than you should be getting you automatically have a black hole in your household budget. And the only way that it can be filled is by cutting short on something else. And that's not sustainable on the longer term. Yeah, and of course, it won't come out of the costs. Your costs aren't gone down by 28%. Your costs in are fact, not In fact, they've probably gone down. up by a, a similar yeah. margin. So the squeeze is on from both sides. It's it's not a fantastic time to be in farming in, in Eitrim at the moment, but we'll see how, how the next couple of months with the deals, the, the EU and the Brexit. is the summer that we have had has offered farmers a welcome reprieve you know from the drudgery that they endured say back in 2012 or whenever when 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 they were washed out of it again in 2017 so i suppose that's the only positive let's talk a little bit about home help and brendan i might start with you on this issue yeah well home help is an issue that many councillors and all councillors in county leitrim and right across the country now is calling for extra home help i suppose we can't see the logic in putting so much pressure and hardship on families who want to look after their loved ones that have done so much for them by not giving them the supports and help that they need with home help. It's costing the state a lot more money for forcing these families who are, are, everyone is struggling to pay mortgages and work and be busy and they want to give as much time as they can to their parents and family members and look after them. But what the government is doing by not giving them the support and home help is making some of those people ill, putting them under serious pressure where they just can no longer do that. That then is costing the state more money by forcing these people into nursing homes where they're already overstretched and, and I suppose they do the best that they can in the nursing homes but it's not the same as having a person at home with their family 24 hours. What's what's happening now, the budgets we've been told has been spent for this year is what the answer that we're getting and are not allocating any new hours. And it's almost, I kind of see it. It's only July, like. Yeah, but this, this was in, in April we were being told this. It's nearly, I, maybe I'm a bit over cynical, but... They're giving notices now of different private uh, suppliers that you can get extra home help hours. And a lot of families in County Leitrim now is actually paying to take in extra home help 
as well as possibly getting some home help from the HSE, or maybe not. And it's almost becoming the norm now where you're expected to pay for home help. There seem to be, I could be over cynical, creating a situation now where families is forced to pay for the home help. It's going to build up so much that more and more people is looking for to get the home help. And it's almost going to turn around to a situation that those that can afford to pay in private home help is going to be able to get it. Those who maybe do get some hours from the HSE is nearly going to be thankful and grateful that they're getting that. And it's 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 almost as if they're creating and letting the whole thing slip that they'll introduce some sort of a system where it's a, a subsidised payment for home help and people is nearly going to be grateful to be getting it. Or maybe I'm wrong, but like they seem to be creating that kind of a situation which is totally wrong. And it's it's like all these other things now, festivals, different events, they're looking for communities to put up money or else you won't have Gardaí at the festival. Um, they're looking for you to put up money for home help. They're looking, you have to put add in extra money for extra activities in the schools when you're enrolling children each year. There's community involvement schemes, you're looking for the public to put up money which for roads which are public roads. So it's one thing after another where they're drawing in money from all these different things that you're pulled in. And I suppose it's camouflaging all the extra money that we're paying in, which isn't directly taxed. Purely to play devil's advocate here, Paddy, should the community be paying or contributing towards the cost of policing festivals or providing services in the community? It mitigates against smaller communities. Like I can think of several events where small communities came together and organised events. To organise an event in a small community has a great positive impact because what it means is it brings people together and if there's anything coming down the track then that threatens that community, they can go back and harness that same togetherness and that energy that was used to organise an event to say a threat to a local school or threat to a post office or whatever in many cases. To levy a small community with essentially what is a bill for policing for an event that brings the community together. I think it's all wrong and I think it's sending. There might be some argument in very large towns where there is well-funded events being run and you know, you're talking huge numbers and you're talking about many door takings and gate takings where there's opportunity to collect money. But there are a whole host of smaller events in small communities, towns and villages that don't have that opportunity to collect money from people who visit or engage in these festival and events. And I think to levy them with a bill for policing. I mean, where does it end? As Brendan has said earlier about the, the home help, are we slipping towards a situation where the larger towns who can afford this will have policing? The well-to-do families or better-off families will have home help because they will pay for it privately. And the others will simply do without. Could I just add that at this point in relation to Brennan has expanded on the home help business. And I'd also like to bring in this business about the provision of support for people in nursing homes. Because there is a major delay and a slowdown in the processing of applications under the fair deal system. Now, not everybody is happy with the fair deal in its present forum and there are amendments on the way which we hope will benefit particularly farm families and people who own private business or whatever. But even in its present forum, there is a major delay and 
I'm a bit suspicious at the moment that some of this delay is for there is a slippage in the budget of the HSE and you would have to ask yourself the question is all this being brought about because of the bigger picture of say things like the overrun in the National Children's Hospital whatever I'm also concerned about the payment, and I raised this at Leitrim County Council recently, the payment to people who have had procedures and operations carried out under the Treatment Purchase Fund. And basically what there is is a slowdown in the making of available of funds out to people in the community, be it fair deal, be it home help, or be it reimbursement for the Treatment Purchase Fund. And I have to ask, at this point in time, we're into now, you know, heading for the, the, the third quarter of the year in terms financial terms. Is this a policy to delay these payments in order to shore up budgets to compensate for things like these overruns that has occurred at national level, which the people of Leedsham and the surrounding area had no part of and was not in any way responsible, but yet I think they are suffering as a result of that. Speaking of festivals that we had been talking about, there's an absolute glut of festivals around the county for the last three or four weeks and for the next three or four weeks. I know we're here in Drumshambo. We've probably found the only quiet place in the town this week during the Joan Mooney Summer School. Also, I think Balneglera have an event next week or the week after Leitrim Village have an event. There's also something happening in Drumcairn in two weeks. Balneglera is on. There's events all over the place. I have asked you mentioned earlier, Paddy, have, have the dugout are having a, yeah. a festival. It's it's just madness at the moment. Is there too many events, or should we be looking at more of these many ways to promote our towns and villages? I don't think there's too many events. I suppose every event is different in its own right, and it's capturing possibly a different audience and a local people. Uh, many of the festivals you would have people that return that week every year to their local town or village during the festival and try and meet up with as many people from from years past when the war here like and, and it's great to have them people back into the area and activities and events for to entertain them when they are here. I suppose Drumshambo were very lucky to have the Joe Mooney Summer School and the Antostal Festival, both of them totally different. Joe Mooney festival is on now at the moment and as you said there isn't a quiet building in Drumshambo. The town is uh, buzzing, yeah, we have a huge amount of people doing the glasses there, it's unbelievable the difference in the town this week. We had Dan Twostel there only over a month ago and the stylish silage and all the promotion that that got right across the country, I'm sure there was lots of people from all over the country came to Drumshambo and stayed here for a few days just to have a tour around and look at the bales and I'm sure they went to other activities around them out the area and I hope that they enjoyed their time and had uh, happy memories here and that they'll return here I suppose it's about when we do capture people and get them or their imagination and they come here we'd hope then that everyone within the county would try and facilitate and welcome those people as best we can to make sure they have happy memories here and that they will return and spread the word word them out to other people and get them to visit Leitrim I would agree with with, with, with Brendan in so far as I wouldn't say there are too many events. Obviously, there's, you know, people are competing for sponsorship and the same people are getting asked and whatever. And maybe those people who are getting asked might consider there are too many. But I wouldn't consider there are too many events because each of these events, and I'm involved in the organising of fishing festivals back home in Carrigallan, and that comes at the end of the tourist season, which helps to extend it. 
and I think all of these things are useful. When I was coming here this morning to to to, to Brendan's home, I think there's 192 countries there are in the world, and I think practically every one of them must have been represented on the street in Drumshambo as I came through because. There was certainly no two people that was walking up the street from the same country. There was an awful lot of people that have made their journey to Drumshambo. And the Joe Mooney Summer School now has been, you know, it, it, it it's growing and growing. And it started relatively small and it has grown. And I think that a lot of these other events that we're referring to here, while they may be relatively small, they have potential to grow and to bring numbers into the area and when people come to an event like that they sometimes mark it down as a very positive experience and they there is no better marketing tool than word of mouth and when they either return to their native countries or return to wherever they are even within the country and speak of their experience here there is nothing that you will put up on a website or nothing you will distribute to leafleting or whatever that will tell the story as effectively as somebody who has been and seen and enjoyed for themselves Absolutely, and of course the Wild Rose Festival, we better mention, is on a Manor Hamilton and they're crowning their Wild Rose tonight. One other issue that has come up over recent weeks is the issue of of employees looking to go on strike for, for whatever their, their reasons may be. And two that have come to atten- our attention over the last couple of days and weeks uh, is the Ambulance Service and the Psychiatric Nurses Service. I, I would say that the authorities need to speak with these unions and representative bodies I mean, I'm thinking, for instance, in terms of the psychiatric nurses, that's a, an area of healthcare that's grossly underfunded in this country. Some of the funds that were allocated for it back in when money was scarce back in 2008, 9 and 10 was never really spent in the subsequent years. And I think we're seeing the knock-on effect of that now. And it's not about salaries or wages for people who work in it, but it's about the actual service. I think everybody will agree that the service, particularly to young or adolescent people, is deplorable, particularly in relation to weekend cover and all these things. And to have now the threat of a strike of the nurses, which will put further pressure on those who work in communities, and who provide very essential services. But I mean, they have come to this point that they can could see no future in any negotiations. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be with that kind of essential service. Yeah, it's it's extremely worrying. I'm, I'm sure that none of these nurses or the ambulance staff have talked to this decision lightly and it's a last resort. And it's, it's it all comes down to communication and uh, the, the HSE and the responsible people not talking to these people and being up front and they seem very dogged and there's no leeway with them at all. A lot of the demands is very minor from what I know of and I suppose it's, we need to see them sitting down and talking and a bit of give and take and try and get this issue resolved as soon as possible. I know that the psychiatric nurses have said that they won't, they will maintain services for the CAMS, child and adolescent mental health services. So. I suppose like they don't want to be on strike and this is the last resort but and, and the ambulance service as well they will try to have as little impact on the public as possible but they feel like it's a last resort yeah i think uh, obviously incidents in the county in the last seven days have brought the whole issue of mental health to a, a new light but it's something that we unfortunately keep getting reminded about 
month after month, year after year in the county. And I think it's important that we, we make that a priority going forward. So we will wrap up the show. We've run out of time. We had hoped to maybe talk a little bit about the, the article in the paper about the Ballinamore Blue Way. We spoke about Manor Hamilton's ver- version of that, the Sligo for Manor link last week and the week before. So we won't spend any time on that, but it is something that we see here in Drumshambo. As we look out, we can see the Blue Way from the house here, Brendan. It's brought such huge numbers past our door in Neatron Village and right to your front door here in Drumshambo and I think it will do the same in time for both Ballinamore and Manor Hamilton and wherever else we can develop these. I know the Bear of Breffney Way and the Leitrim Way are, are currently looking at, at that as well. We won't get into the nitty gritty of that. We just don't have time today. Thank you very much. I suppose it would be remiss of us to leave. We're recording this on Wednesday which is the 24th of July. It's the 25th anniversary of the Connacht final victory back in 1994. It's all over the front page of the paper. There's a pull out. We did a show on it yesterday. What are your thoughts just looking back? 25 years ago, it's hard to believe it's that far back. I suppose it's one of the memories that stands out for me. I remember being brought away and going on the train to Dublin that day to the game to, to, to play the, the next game. It's, it's Hugely important, I suppose. Leitrim, we see ourselves as underdogs and we have a small population. If we're able to succeed in a major, major sporting event like that, it gives huge boost to the people and the county and, and, and helps everyone, lifts their spirits to keep going on at whatever you're doing in life. So um, hopefully next year. <laughs> Paddy, final word. Absolutely. Well, for me, I suppose it was about the subsequent game that was in Crow Park because it was the last time that my late father, who had been a player with Leitrim County back in 1938, and it was his last trip. He would have been a frequent visitor to Crow Park down through the years because he lived in Dublin for a period of 12 years and in the subsequent years. But for me, it has that memory. It was the last time that he attended Crow Park. And while we were beaten that day, but he was still a very proud Leitrim man, going down Jones's Road in hope rather than confidence. But he 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 enjoyed his day. He was quite elderly at the time. He enjoyed his day and I suppose it was just he passed away four years later and um thankfully our family has been back in Crow Park on a few particularly with ladies football and one thing and another on a few joyous occasions since. Obviously nineteen thirty eight we better give him his credit. He would have been an All Ireland junior winner, I believe, that year. Yes. Paddy Brendan, thank you very much for giving us your time this this morning and talking about the, the issues of the county. Thanks, Brendan. And if I could just thank the Barry family, uh, Brendan and his mum here, for their hospitality here this morning at their home. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll second that. Thanks very much, lads.